Hey everybody, it's your favorite reconstructionist, Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and welcome to episode number 25 of the one and only show bringing you tips and tricks to working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry every Wednesday. Today's topic is walk this way. So grab your expert angle coffee mug and settle in three, two, one, off we go. Every year, traffic crashes claim the lives of over a million people and account for over $500 billion of injuries around the world. A small select group of people from police to attorneys to expert investigators are tasked with getting justice for the victims, protecting the rights of involved parties, and ensuring the story is told accurately and honestly. Unfortunately, we believe that is an impossible task without the right team of experts. If you agree, then keep on listening for actionable tips from leading experts across various industries that you can start taking today to elevate your professional game. If you disagree, then tune in anyway and let us convince you with our ideas. We are Eric Brown and Phil Rally, and this is Crash Tech, the expert angle. Welcome back to the show, guys. Crash Tech, the expert angle podcast is brought to you by Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. If you have an accident that you need answers for or you think the other side has it wrong, Crash Tech can help. Connect with us at www.crashtechreconstruction.com to submit your case for a free review. Phil, man, today's show, really exciting, eh? Because yeah. we have <laughs> we have one of arguably uh, your favorite pedestrian study reconstructionist that is out there because this study that, that we actually are going to talk a little bit about today, uh, you used in your court case here in the United States. And, and from what we know, the first time it was ever used here in the U.S., yeah? Uh, as far as I recall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So without further ado, because I think he's running out of oxygen in the trunk of Phil's car. So I want to get him introduced so we can get him in here and get him talking and breathing. Okay. But on today's show, we have Bob Sabidlo from up in Canada around the Toronto area, I believe. And we'll, we'll confirm that with you here in just a minute, Bob. So, you know, don't, don't, don't start jumping in yet. Otherwise I got to send Phil over there to, to ball gag you a little bit, but anyway, uh, so Bob, to introduce him, he's a member of the Toronto police services from 1974 to 2014 with over 36 years of police service in the traffic field. He's investigated more than 5,000 motor vehicle collisions in all ranges of property damage injury, including multiple fatalities. He was designated as a collision reconstructionist for the uh, Toronto Police Services in June of 1989 and then was assigned to the Collision Reconstruction Squad, where his duties were to reconstruct transportation collisions and high-profile transportation in incidents that involved life-threatening or fatal injuries. So during his tenure there, he personally completed over 1,100 collision reconstruction files, also instructed technical collision investigation and reconstruction to members of police services and fleet safety officers. And as a collision reconstructionist, he was able to conduct numerous studies, num uh, one of which is the one that Phil used and loved and, and we at Crash Tech still use to this day because it's amazing. And it is the Comprehensive Toronto Pedestrian Walking Velocity Study Analysis by Age, Cell Phone Use, and Other Factors. It was published in the Accident Reconstruction Journal, Waldorf, Maryland, May, June 2016, Volume 26, Number 3, pages 12 to 16. It has since been republished in other international collision reconstruction journals, and at present, uh, Bob works as an independent collision analysis and reconstruction consultant and just all around good guy. 
So without well, further ado, Bob, welcome to the show. And thank welcome, you for Bob. spending your Wednesday with us. I appreciate it. Hey, good evening, yeah. gentlemen. So, well, and actually, I mean, you know, I think most people actually like to spend their Wednesdays with me. So I should say thanks for volunteering to spend your Wednesday with Phil. He needs a friend every now and then. <laughs> I, I told you, Bob, I hate him. I mean, I, <laughs> ah, that's what I deal with. Yeah. No, I, so. I tell you, jumping right in here, um, you know, when, when I had a, a case that I was working and, um, you know, the first pedestrian walking study case that I, uh, that I, that I reached for is obviously the one that was, you know, brought, brought out or introduced or mentioned or what have you in training. And it was the Herm study, which is still a great study. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, that study over the years, um, a lot of people have done other studies and I happened to run into, uh, the, uh, the article there in the ARJ, and and saw that and pretty much fell out of my chair and thought, holy cow, here we go. We got something new, something better. And uh, I'll be darned if I didn't reach out to to Bob and he took my call and, and it just blossomed from there. I mean, what a what a good study. And I think it, it's a lot like other studies where some of these older studies were suited the times in which they were conducted but we live in different times now. So we add more variables to them and it's still absolutely still relates back to the original studies. Yeah. So, so Bob, with, uh, with completing your study, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you have seen and used the Herm study in the past. Yes. Well, actually the first study I ever used at a pedestrian crash was the Herm study. Okay. Uh, I did take a course uh, with Jerry Eubanks mm-hmm. and uh, him being from San Diego, he relied on the Herm study and that sounded very good. It worked. The numbers, uh, are good, not questioning the numbers. Um, then there's uh, the study uh, published by IPTM and uh, Tony Becker's book. Yep. And you yep. Look, we've we've seen that one. They start comparing the numbers. You know, there's a bit of a discrepancy uh, in the numbers, and I always thought in the back of my head, how does how do our pedestrians uh, uh, reflect uh, relate to these studies? considering that San Diego, they don't see winter, you know, basically it's what uh, their winters like our uh, spring or fall mm-hmm. at uh, best. And uh, then the other study, um, now I forget where the heck it was done. I believe it was done somewhere in Iowa. I might be mistaken, but uh, I just wanted to do a comparison to see how do our pedestrians uh, fit in with the uh, participants in those studies? Okay. And so now was your study, was your study, com- was the, so the, the one that was the motivation for your paper, was that one done in Toronto? Yes. Everything okay. I, that I did, it was done in Toronto while I was uh, still working. Okay. And, um, and uh, what I did was um, looked at the, the makeup of our streets and, um, Okay, we use a lot of metric here, so we'll be talking a lot of meters uh, and um, instead of feet. That's okay. If you want to, yeah. So for anybody listening to the show, just go to Google and go from like metric to imperial conversion and just type along as, as the episode yeah. progresses. And um, so um, to set a standard, I looked at the widths of our streets in the city uh, where they could be anywhere from 27 feet wide to uh, say 100 feet wide. And... Um, averaged it all out and uh, picked a nice round number which became 20 meters no problem uh, when you uh, convert it it comes out to 62 feet which is 
Kind yeah. of an odd number. <laughs> Twenty meters works perfectly. Right. And, you know, uh, it's it's weird being from America. You know, when when you realize the entire rest of the world is doing it wrong. So it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, the first time that I ever took a you know, technical uh, collision investigation course, it was all feet and inches. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, somewhere in the eighties, everything got switched over to metric. Whereas, yep. you know, Canada jumped on a metric bandwagon back in 1977. Yeah, I, I imagine at some point in time in the future, I think just the entire, I mean, literally you have one country left using Imperial. So it, it's only a matter of time until they just say, you know, well, what, we're just going to teach about, metric in school. Uh, what do you teach engineering students? That's all in metric. Look yeah. at your car parts. Try working yep. on a car. You need a metric socket set. Yep, Absolutely. So Which, uh, to me is way easier to understand than the fractions. I don't know about you, Phil, but uh, you know, I always prefer metrics. Well, yeah. no, it is. It's all intense. Like, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, so um, after once I you know kind of set that parameter, I kind of thought, okay, we need different locations. Um, well, first off, you need a good flow of pedestrians. Yep. And um, of all ages. So, um, what I did was uh, went to um, a, a, a group that was marking uh, lanes for a construction project, and uh, they donated uh, a couple of rolls of uh, temporary lane marking tape for my oh, okay. uh, use. And uh, then I was also able to snafu uh, the uh, acrylic paint that's used uh, by uh, uh, utilities to mark utilities. And... Um, and set around the city marking uh, different tracks through intersections. And um, people don't mind if they see a painted line on, on the road, they think nothing of it up here. You know, if it's a yellow right. line, they think, oh, well, gas company put that down. Yep, absolutely. You know, I might have so, screwed up some construction projects. I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. So your study then, I would say it, it pretty much is, is focused on – so. It is, I believe it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but so your study is for intersection crossings, correct? Yeah, crossing roadways. Okay. So I was making, and, and so they were all done in, in inner city because Toronto's pretty big. I mean, Toronto's a big city. Yeah, well, Toronto's what, 265 square miles. Yeah, it's a big city. <laughs> and uh, I mean, pretty metropolitan and stuff like that. So, I mean, but did none of, none of these crossing speeds were done like out on a country road running from like like in phil's county running from cornfield to cornfield no 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 we don't have any cornfields those disappeared about uh, 50 years ago <laughs> all right fair <laughs> enough so i was just making sure we have the setting for the study kind of laid out there because we did a we did a show on and especially then kind of verified it when when jeff mutart came on of uh, you know that that the 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 study needs to be used in the same way that it was conducted and so, you know, that's why I was, I was just making sure that, yeah, okay. We, oh, we yeah, no, know. this is, you know, like strictly for a, an urban area. Okay, gotcha. And um, then uh, I drew up a spreadsheet of what I was going to cover. Everything from uh, the time of day, well, obviously it was a male or female. Mm -hmm. um, time of day, the weather conditions, the temperature can, uh, at the time. Um, uh, what kind of surface uh, they were walking on. Was a wet, dry, snow covered, um, and uh, I put all these into an Excel spreadsheet, and uh, then I thought, okay, how am I going to get the ages? A lot of studies, and uh, this kind of 
ticks me off where you read a study that says the ages were guessed at by the yeah. uh, uh, mm-hmm. person conducting the study. Mm-hmm. And my response to that is if somebody is that good in guessing ages, I don't mm-hmm. care about the law enforcement experience or not, because we do make mistakes uh, like anybody else, then they'd be working at the state fair at the uh, age guessing game, making I was, more money I was just, than uh, working in law enforcement. I was just going to say, did you ever see and, the movie uh, The Jerk with so, Steve Martin? Uh, to uh, get the age, I kind of thought, okay, I'll secretly time every pedestrian that walks into my um, uh, um, into my track, mark track, and I'll stop them after they've completed their walk and talk to them. And uh, it worked out very well. Out of uh, for every twenty six pedestrians that I timed and uh, stopped, twenty five voluntarily gave me their information. Only one out of the twenty six would say, "You know, take a high copper." Yeah. See, and so I, 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 I couldn't do that study in my city. They would run. Like 24 out of the 25 would just take off running from me as soon as I got out of my cruiser. <laughs> Is that right? No, I, I stood out in the street. They're like, you kind of pretend that I was busy doing something else. So, you know, they're walking down the street. They says, oh, yeah, we saw you standing there. Okay. And, uh, so it didn't affect their walk. You know, yeah. I tried to kind of semi-hide. But I had, I had to have a clear line of view to where they uh, crossed the start line and when they crossed the uh, finish line. Yeah. yeah. So um, I could uh, work my trusty old stopwatch. Now, you also included in that, Bob, um, one of the other things you uh, you measured was um, whether they were on their cell phone or, or, or not. Or some- yes. Oh, yes. I made notes on uh, uh, whether they were on the cell phone. Uh, did they have earbuds uh, stuck in their ears? Now, with the earbuds, it could be listening to music, listening to the radio, or w- waiting for a phone call. Right. Their lips ain't moving, so they're not on a phone call. So, you know, for the life of me, I don't know why they need earbuds because <laughs> uh, it's a total distraction uh, to a pedestrian. Yeah. Sure. Um, and uh, and also, what do they have in their hands? And um, hang on, let me swing around here. Um, now, and so out of curiosity, too, while you're looking for that, because I, I know this came up in, in Phil's trial, but did were any of your tests done on like rainy days or was it just always a nice sunny day where where people were they were conducted uh, on rainy days on the hot sweltering days to uh when temperatures were uh, down uh, minus uh zero yeah and I, and I think your test actually it, it divides those up doesn't it on the weather yes. conditions yes yeah, so there's uh, one of the charts is uh based on weather and yeah. produce some interesting results when you look at it, the, the pedestrians have a tendency to walk slower in the summertime than in the wintertime, except uh, for senior citizens. Okay. You know, there's always an anomaly. Yeah. Uh, senior citizens, like I'm talking about uh, 70 years plus, hmm. they are a strange breed. You know, <laughs> because, uh, when they see, in the wintertime, if they see any water, on the sidewalk, they assume that it's ice. Okay. And uh, it, it could be 35, 40 degrees. Oh, no, there's water there. Oh, no, that's ice to them. Yeah. And they're paranoid of falling. That so, makes sense. I get that. Yeah. And, um, so um, Interesting. You know, they'll throw a, you know, so you could sit there and say, yes, there is a rule. 
but then there's always an exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So out of curiosity then, cause I think they tested it on Mythbusters. Is it better to walk or run in, in, in the rain? Is it better to walk or run? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or is that, is that still inconclusive? It might be inconclusive. Well, I'd say, I'd say walk. Okay. Sense. All right. <laughs> you know, then it depends what kind of foot you wear you have on. Yeah, yeah. sure. So, you know, so, if you're wearing, uh, you know, uh, say, uh, leather soled shoes, you might have a tendency to slip in the rain. Yeah. And Ooh, now that's work. interesting. Did did your study did did you take into account what type of footwear they're wearing? Like, if a female's wearing high heels or flats or tennis shoes or anything like that? No, that was just all thrown in there. I, I didn't sit there and examine their feet. Yeah. Um, that's that would be interesting. Work. I think that would be interesting though for a future, for a future study though, is, uh, you know, I, I would be curious. I mean, I'd just be curious to see what kind of effect footwear has yeah. oh, on, yeah, on yeah. speeds. Especially, you know, like uh, when you're looking at um, the uh, spike high heels. Yeah. And um, they're difficult to walk in in the first place. And uh, yeah. Yeah. For or, you know, I'm, I don't know why females would wear them, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I just thinking about Eric wears them. Well, yeah, it, but see, I'm a champ. I practice on my treadmill in them so that I can run in city streets, even with my high heels. But no, I was thinking for me uh, in the sun, from the second the snow stops till it starts again, I pretty much wear flip flops. So, you know, I, oh, yeah. I just, I'm on slow and low. Like I just go cruising, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm going nowhere in a hurry when I'm wearing my flip flops. Well, One so. thing that's interesting and noticed is um, a lot of females when they're on their way to work or on the way home from work, will take off their high heels mm-hmm. and uh, put on walking shoes and they'll yeah. save their high heels for the office. Yeah. It's so, so women are so interesting, aren't they? Like just their habits and, and how much uh, don't go down that rabbit hole. Eric. That's why I said interesting. I said interesting, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, but no, I mean, how much thought, I mean, they think ahead for their day oh, yeah. on stuff like that. And the it's guys don't care. They'll, you know, Hey, we put that on our feet. We're good to go. Right. Yeah, except so me. What's your, I'm I'm weird about my shoes. What's your your you know in your years of, of reconstructing whatnot, Bob? I mean, I would assume that you you also relied upon published data uh, yeah. from around you know studies from around the around Canada, around you know the United States. I mean, you know, kind of what's what's your thoughts on the published studies? I mean, as far as you know, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of experts use them and, and i guess from your experience what's your what's your experience with them no well, my experience has been good most of the studies that we use are all american based there's not too many studies you'll find in canada if you do um, you know they're keeping them close to their heart and not sharing them um the studies are good uh, some are done for specific purposes like i know an engineer friend of mine uh, did a study uh with uh, pedestrians crossing the roadway with another little twist you know to the question yeah it's a valid study you know uh, not, i can't critique a study it's uh valid for what he was trying to prove mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. and, and for the data he was trying to obtain so no 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 problem the for studies the, are published at arj the... no no problem those are uh, peer-reviewed right. all valid studies good studies nothing wrong with that from your experience, I mean, for the for the up and coming reconstructionists or the you know the the other experts that may be out there, um, what's your guidance as far or what's your thoughts on um, the use of a study? You know, as far as you know, hey, I 
this is my situation. So I go out searching for a study, grabbing it and just running with it versus. Probably uh, to uh, learn uh, some background of the study, what was it originally done for? What was the original purpose? Right. And how was the data obtained for that study? Right. Like I said, my pet peeve is uh, uh, where they say, oh, yes, you know, this pedestrian was 35 years old. That one was uh, 52 years old. That one was 18 years old. Well, how do you know that? How old they were? Well, we guessed at it. You know, I have a hard time with that. Right. And we'll give you an example. Okay. I was doing my study. I was out in a burbs one day. Two ladies walking down the street. And there's always that question. When you have a couple walking, which of the two sets the pace uh, of their walking pace? Sure. I guess it depends on how much the man loves his wife. (laughs) Yeah. When when I first saw these two females, it looked like a mother and daughter. One was frail and gray hair. The other one, she looked like she was approximately my age back then. So no problem. You know, started off the stopwatch, do, 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 do. They come by, stop it, stop them, explain to what them what they're doing. The first one, the younger one that looked to be approximately my age, says, oh, yes, I'm 56 years old. Then I did the bad thing and put my foot in my mouth, and they said to the other one, how old is your mother? <laughs> did you get hit with the purse? <laughs> no, I got a strange look. <laughs> It was a friend, not her mother, and she was also 56. She looked oh. she was 76. <laughs> Oops. I couldn't believe it. That's almost as bad as like asking them, like, you know, when's when she do or something like that without knowing the answer. Come on, you gotta be <laughs> no, no, it was like you know, just rolled right out. I thought, you know, like you know, age is not agreeing with this woman. Right. And, uh, right. Yeah, it's not your it's, fault. Yeah, and like, you know, what can I say? Like, you know, she looked a lot older than she was. And so <laughs> somebody's going to tell me that they're, you know, perfect in guessing people's ages. No. Yeah. So Maybe let me ask. And, and you, range. Yeah. And so you brought up a really good point. And so out of curiosity, I mean, did you notice anything? I mean, who does set the pace? Because we, we see that a lot where people are crossing the road in groups. And so if you have a parent and a child, let's say a small child, right? Like yeah. my daughters are my youngest is nine now. Mm-hmm. So if God forbid me or my daughter would get run over crossing the street. And I would like to think it was me because hopefully I'd, I'd push her out of the way and, and just take the impact myself, yeah. you know, but would I more than likely be walking at my daughter's speed? Like the reconstructionist, would they use the child's speed or would they use the adult speed? I mean, were you ever able to see anything and, and it yeah. might not have made your paper, but did you ever actually observe a, a, a correlation between that? Yeah, uh, well, the best, the one, uh, the best response I received, I believe I interviewed over 100 couples. And uh, the best answer, the most honest answer, was a female says to me, it's the one that has to go to the bathroom. Sets the pace. <laughs> yes, now, that person always sets the pace. <laughs> think of, thinking about that, like how many times I was out with my wife, you know, say at the shopping mall or whatever, you know, you're strolling along, but when she has to go, she has to go. And, you know, yeah. she, you know the jet propulsion comes on and, you know, hey, she's uh, heading for that washroom. Yeah. And that made a lot of sense. Um, but assuming the, they both just went to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So usually, like, that, that all depends if it's a male and female. 
the male will walk at a pace that's comfortable for his female partner. Okay. It's like as a parent, you'll walk at a pace that's uh, that will allow the child to keep up. So yeah. you're not pulling the child along. Yeah. And so that's, you, you can't use an adult speed. You'll be using more or less the uh, child speed. Yep. And that's kind of what I was thinking and, and just kind of <laughs> wanted to, to confirm that for, for future use. But yeah, I mean, you know, anytime that, that we've ever seen, you know, it, like in the city, somebody crossing the street with a cane or something like that. And, you know, maybe their, their younger child is, or, you know, with them in their, in their thirties or something like that. It, almost everybody walks at the the slowest speed seems to be the, the instinct. I mean, unless you're trying to get away from the person, like when me and Phil walk, I walk as fast as possible trying to lose him. <laughs> so I also walk in zigzags and try and hide when I go around corners, but you know, he just, he's, he's always right there. <laughs> He's like the old steamroller, just keeps on going. He does. I know it's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> so, so Bob, you have any you have any future studies you're working on, or thoughts that you're maybe going to get yourself into another study down the road here? Well, if I get the data from my uh, former partner, I'll do the one with uh, on uh, impaired pedestrians. Yeah, and, uh, that'd be a great study. Walking velocities of impaired pedestrians on to know where the quantity of alcohol consumed is measured, and no one. Uh, before they walk down the track. Yeah. So, and I, I know the purpose of your study was not human factors, but just out of curiosity, and, and, and I'm curious if you saw this because this was something, and me and Phil both have a, a mutual friend here in, in Ohio. He works in, in the biggest department in the state. And, uh, and he likes to just sit around the city and time pedestrians crossing the roads, you know, and he just, and he's just, he's compiled just this huge database over the years of just his observations. That way he can back up the Herm study or, or yours or anybody else's yep. that he uses. So he doesn't have an actual published paper, but he says, you know what, look, this is the walking speed I used and I've confirmed it by also doing my own studies throughout the years. And, and I know it's accurate. Um, but interestingly enough, so I, I like to do the same thing when I sit around, especially if I'm having my coffee, just time people crossing the roads. Have you noticed a big difference, though, when, when you get to the cell phone use in the pedestrian's ability to pay attention? Like, to me, it always seems like when they're on their cell phone, if a pedestrian's on their cell phone, not only is the walking speed a little bit different, um, but they just they're flat out not paying attention to anything. Exactly. Uh, no, that's what I found. Uh, pedestrians and cell phones—they walk slower. Mm -hmm. um, they are—they uh, lose all um, ability to uh, uh, concentrate on anything around them. Um, so uh, they get lost in the, the cell phone world, and they're oblivious to everything around them, and uh, yeah. which is a yeah. total uh, hazard in itself. Um, sure, because. Uh, a car horn doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. All they're uh, concerned about is their silly cell phone call. Yeah. Neither, uh, apparently, as as I have come to find out, neither do sirens on uh, fire trucks, ambulances, or police cars. So yeah. those also oh, mean nothing that, to them. That's, oh, that's the big one. Uh, they can stand two feet away from that siren and they're oblivious to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Phil, let's, let's dive a little bit about into your experience and what you used this paper on, because you actually, you had an intersection crash, uh, crash mm -hmm. with people crossing a, a really busy road <laughs> in the rain, correct? Yes. And so what, like, just tell us a little bit. Of, I mean, what was like, why'd you have to go through so much trouble 
of getting all these different studies. And I mean, obviously I know you and you just, you want to be as accurate as possible at all times, which is a good quality to have, but like, why didn't you just use a, a 4.7 feet per second or, or what, and just pick a number and run with it? Well, cause I mean, obviously, you know, the, I, the founding study, um, as far as what I knew from, from my training was the Herm study. Um, and, and that data has been used year over year over year and, and it's published, you know, it's clips of the study or reference in a number of different books. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the pedestrian books reference it in addition to their own, um, data that they've collected. Uh, but everything seemed to keep going back to that, that Herm study, you know, mm-hmm. validate. It's almost like either the Herm study validated the new data study or the new study validated the Herm, but either way they, they, they shared and, and complemented one another, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I use that data and then, um, you know, and then plus all the reference material, but then I have, you know, I, I get the accident reconstruction journal, um, every quarter and, it, yeah, and, it, and guys, we're going to do a, a selfless plug here. Yep. Yeah. And the, you know, speaking of a future guest to have on Phil, yeah. just throwing that out there. I might, you know, he might be a good one, but yeah, if you're a reconstructionist and don't have the ARJ, you need, you need to get signed up with it. Yeah. Excellent information. And, and that's where I came across Bob's study and I'm like, Ooh, look at this. And, and so I, I started reading, you know, reading the information that's, that's published about the study, kind of the background of it. And then uh, the actual data that was in the study. And I'm like, Holy cow. It, you know, you look at the Herm study, which was 69, 70. And I think it got published in 71 presented in 72 in Washington, yeah. DC. And I, I may have that off just a little bit, but, um, and then well, I saw, know, I saw it, Bob's and I'm like, Holy cow, all these years later, people haven't changed. Yeah. They still walk but, the, the but the big difference there is in your crash that you were investigating at the time, you, you had a rainy, rainy conditions. And that and, fit perfectly with Bob's study. Yeah. And that's, you know, know, the Herm study was done in San Diego and I used to live in San Diego and I was in the Marine Corps and I can tell you in eight years, it probably rained four times. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it's just, they don't have rain. They don't have yeah. rain. They don't have cold. They don't have any of that stuff. So, and, that, and that was, you know, and that was, and that was tremendously challenged in that case. Um, you know, the, the, there was all these interesting arguments that were, were made about, yeah, okay, well, you use this study, but how, you know, how do you know that's what my client did? Well, okay. Well, yeah. I understand, you know, but, but, but all these studies have been conducted and on average, this is this is the the acceptable range and this is the range that was used because this is what people in those same situations like and similar i should say are, yeah. are doing these are how they're performing yeah. is it exactly yeah. your client no but your client could be on this end or that end of that threshold or somewhere in between yep. uh, but wow what a that was that was such an interesting adventure so so let's just let's just get raw here real quick and and your your inbox is going to blow up with with people with questions i'm sure but just so that everybody's rest assured so, so Bob's study in this case, Bob and, and the Herm study, both were challenged rigorously by, by the other side. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, we, went, we went to a Daubert hearing on it. Yeah. And, and the ending result was that the court recognized that not only is the Herm study accurate because of, of how much it's been relied upon in the past, but then they also, which, and this was a, a common police court out yes. of Montgomery County here in Ohio, has now also recognized that Bob's study also is accurate then, yes? 
They're both, they're, they're both accepted. Yep. We're entered in. Yeah. So if you guys, and we're going to put a link. Uh, so Bob, once, once we get done with this, um, I'm going to get a link from you of where they can contact you at or how they can go about getting a copy of your study. Um, but that way we can put it on the po- on the podcast. And if you guys want to use the study, it's amazing. I'm telling you, we use it in every pedestrian case. Every single one we, we use this study. It's yeah. great. We, certainly look at it and, and does, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the parameters of the study that you conducted, Bob, um, does that fit my situation or the accident that I'm looking at? And if it does great, if it doesn't, no offense, you know, I move on to look for a study that does kind of mirror the, to some extent as close as possible, the situation I have. And that's yeah. just what you got to do, whether it's pedestrian walking, whether it's cattle running in the road or whatever the study is, it's, it's got to, it's never going to match a hundred percent because it can't, um, or it's highly unlikely. Um, but it's going to be close. It's going to be real close. Well, that, that's it. It's going to be close. And probably one thing that should be pointed out to uh, a lot of the uh, crash investigators and reconstructionists, you have to know what your pedestrian, well, from where your pedestrian was coming from and going to, because yeah. there is a big difference. Like say in the morning, if they're going to work, or going to a transit the facility to catch a train or a bus or whatever, they'll be walking quicker. But in the afternoon, coming home from work, going from that transit facility to their residence, they're going to walk slower. Yeah. Because there's no rush to get home. Right. Unless you're stopping at the bar before you get home, <laughs> then you're at like a no. dead out sprint. <laughs> but no, I mean, again, and we've said this before, and yeah. Bob, if, if you disagree, by all means, chime in. Because it's interesting not only to have another expert's perspective, but we're talking about another expert in, Who wrote in, the paper. You know, in Canada. You know, yeah. so a totally different set of rules, a totally different you know uh, legal system, so to speak. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you still have to use studies that that match what your what your situation is, and and you've got to know about that study. If you don't know about anything about that study and just grab a number out of thin air. You're treading in thin, you know. You're treading on thin ice, um, and, and and these attorneys, let's let's just put it out there. The attorneys are smart. They're, they're highly educated. They know they know this stuff, um, you know. And if you put yourself out there on that limb, there might be an attorney that's going to cut that branch out from under you. Do your homework. No, there always is. There's always somebody standing around the corner. Yeah, that yeah. just might have an edge on you. Yep. Yeah. So so let me ask you this then too, because this is the other thing I think that that I see a lot when we when we look at, at pedestrian crashes or we, we peer review somebody else's pedestrian crash is the difference between ranging and and picking a a single speed like mm-hmm. me and phil are big proponents of ranging and so you know we might look at your study and say okay you know i'm going to use the entire range here for this for the age range of of you know whatever 21 to 26 on this you know here's the slowest recorded walking speed and the fastest you know so that's fine we know that our guy is likely to be somewhere in this range, right? Compared to people that'll say, okay, I'm only going to use the median or I'm only going to use the average, or I'm only going to use you know, the, the 85th percentile. I mean, do you have a preferred method or, or what's like, what's your advice? If you're working a pedestrian crash, what are you using? From my years of experience, my advice is use a range. The courts will accept a range a lot quicker, a lot, uh, it's a lot safer. Uh, for you as a reconstructionist to use a range they are not pinpoint yourself to an exact amount or exact speed uh, and, then and, you're, and, you have a good have problems 
And yeah. let me ask you this, Bob, because I've seen this done a handful of times. Why are you pointing at us like you're angry? Stop it. <laughs> I'm pointing at you because you're like oh. right in the center of my screen. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen this done a number, a few times, a handful of times. And, and it's, it, it's scary for me when I read it because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did this. They will take the bottom, you know, the, the, the lowest number, the lowest number on the scale of that study, and they'll take the highest number, and then they'll add them together and just flat out divide and develop their own average. And I'm like, what are you doing? No, 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 yeah. no, no. Yeah, seen that one before, and it's like, oh, my gosh, that oh, does not yeah. equal the median. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what you're saying then is don't do oh, that. God. You would not advise that. He's gonna <laughs> <laughs> no, fair man, enough. You, you'll be surprised. A lot of like, you know, another uh, thing with the study is um, I uh, tried to get other members in our squad, especially new members, to see how interested are they in the field of collision reconstruction. Yeah, um, because they're all quick. Oh, I need this data. I need this data. Mm-hmm. But they don't get off their uh, behinds and uh, know where to get it or go and collect it yourself. Yeah. Like I tell them, says, hey, go to Radio Shack and buy yourself a damn stopwatch. Yeah. And, I uh, think every every phone now has a stopwatch on it. Yeah. Well, that's it. Well, hey, a lot of things I've done started that was before the uh, age of cell phones. And, okay, right. Uh, I so, think some people used to refer to me as a dinosaur. So. <laughs> so, so, Bob, you and I were talking, I think, on the phone a couple of weeks ago. Um, and... Uh, if I, if memory serves me correctly, didn't you indicate it's uh, was it in Europe? Uh, someone else is, has actually. Um, I know. I know your paper's been republished at, over in in, the, in Europe or the UK. UK, but, yeah. Have they actually? Are they using it? I mean, in 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 comparing that to the data they have there, that was kind of a, a short but interesting conversation we had. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I, I got to ask uh, my contact in the UK. Uh, uh, who um, was solicited from me to get it uh, sent up to his uh, uh, editor, uh, magazine editor, and get it republished, and uh, which I did, no problem. And uh, now, whether they use it or not, I don't know. Maybe um, I know uh, I did a, a presentation at Rex uh, 2016 in Florida. Yeah, and um, we had some nice fancy big charts, uh, and which were. Um, uh, photographed uh, by a lot of the European attendees, even Russians, uh, were interested in photographing all the uh, graphs and all that. Yeah, so, awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I, back home. I say I don't know how some of the other Europeans would be, but man, from my from being in like Italy and stuff like that, when they're all hopped up on that espresso, man, I think their walking speeds are like, woo. <laughs> I mean, that's, in the morning, uh, seriously, I, have you have you yeah. been to Italy before? Like, that's your breakfast is espresso and a cannoli, yeah. and man, they're like they're flying. It's like they're on they're running on high octane. So, <laughs> all right, well, guys, say we are actually up against our time clock, and so Bob, what we always do right at the end of the show is we take a moment, and and I'm going to give you the last word because you're you're our guest and you're the expert here so so we're gonna let you go last and and, and wrap it all up for us but what we like to do at the end of the show is give everybody kind of a uh, just a, if nothing else your final thoughts and just your your final word of advice or tips that they could implement today to make themselves better so phil why don't you start today man what do you got for him what is your tip for everybody today to make themselves better uh, moving forward 
like any other crash, if you're going to use published data, don't search for one source and use that only source because it it's close to fitting. Search a number of sources, look at all of the information and see which one best applies, but leave your give yourself plenty of options to choose from. Don't just go to one and only select one because that that may not be serving you the best purpose. Yep. Yeah, and you've got three really good ones. You got the Herm study, you got Bob study here, um, which again, we're gonna put a link on here of, of where you guys can obtain that or it's in the ARJ if you have that. And you also have um, the uh, the study there done by IPTM, uh, you know, like we said. So if nothing else, that at least gets you under your, uh, on your way. So yeah, those, are three, those are three studies that you guys can order today and, and make sure that you at least add those to your library so you guys have something to look at. So no, I- Probably yep. would like to add, uh, uh, Jerry Eubanks is writing another book on pedestrian uh, uh, collision reconstruction, and he has a copy of this study. I don't know if he's going to include it in his book or how he's going to facilitate it in his book. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. I should reach out to uh, Jerry. And Mutard, he's got a copy of this study as well. Okay. It's all yeah. well received by the academics and the uh, profession. Gotcha. Yeah. We should reach out to Jerry, see if we can get him on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Get a, get a pre-launch of his book. Heck yeah. We can dive in for everybody. So my biggest thing is going to be, and we just talked about it guys, you know, if, if you haven't been in the habit of it today, start doing your own research to validate the studies that you're using. Okay. Like just like all of anybody that has a VC 4,000, 3,000, 2,000, whatever, or the ability to do skid tests, Everybody here should have gone out and done their own skid tests to validate the friction that you guys are using, all your coefficients of friction. And attorneys, listen, this is important for you guys. The attorneys listening to this, this is stuff you need to be asking your investigators. Have you validated this on your own? Have you independently tested this information, right? And if your investigator says no, get a new investigator. Because the, we are hardwired as investigators. And Bob, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but Phil, you, I think you agree with me. We, we are naturally curious. Shut up. Stop shaking your head. We are naturally curious and, and your investigator should want to validate this stuff. Like I always want to know if the information I'm using is accurate or not. Like we have tested our own perception reaction times. We have tested our own coefficients of friction. We have tested our own walking speeds of pedestrians. We test everything, guys. So today, I challenge everybody right now when you're done with the show, set up with a group of either reconstructionist, your traffic unit, whatever, set up some testing to validate this. And if you're an attorney, ask your experts starting today, have you validated the information that you're using in your report? And then, so Bob, I'm going to turn it over to you. What's your final piece of well, advice that you have for everybody that they could do today? Well, first off, probably uh, we'll start off with don't, don't guess. Um, if you don't know it, go and ask the person. People will cooperate if you ask them nicely and tell them what the heck you're doing. Uh, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, what the situation is. No, pe most people will cooperate because you're not digging into their personal lives. You're just looking for a number, say, if you're trying to figure out an age. People cooperate. Dealing with pedestrians, know where the pedestrians were coming from and where are they going to. And don't just stop at, oh, they were walking. Well, where, were they walking uh, to work? Were they walking to um, uh, get their lunch? That's an interesting uh, point there, too. Uh, when people go out for lunch during work, they'll go as uh, fast as they can. But returning back to work, they drag their heels. 
Okay, <laughs> I, so I can understand that. Yeah. You got it. No. Well, you, when you think about it, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. You were in the military when it was uh, lunchtime, everybody raced uh, to the mess hall. After yep. lunch, nobody raced back. Everybody I, I did. I was a stellar Marine. <laughs> Pretty sure the government might have a different opinion of that. <laughs> no, I don't know. Every Marine that ever come up to Canada, they says, where's the rest of your platoon? How are you going to take this place over? <laughs> well, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for the day. As always, jump over to Facebook and make sure you follow and join Crash Tech, the Expert Angle Group. Also, if you want to leave us feedback, have an idea for a show, or would like to be on a future show, head over to Crash Tech Expert angle.podbean.com and click the link on the right that says contact the show. The form will come up, put anything that you want right in there. If you want more information on expert consulting services or training, visit us online at www.crashtechreconstruction.com. And finally, if you're a PI attorney, make sure you request to join the crash site Facebook group. Or if you're a defense attorney, make sure you request to join the crash site defense Facebook group. Neither site contains any ads or spam. It's just a private community that brings experts from all different areas together with attorneys to collaborate or ask questions. So again, guys, thanks for tuning in. And remember, always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day, everything we're doing is for them. <laughs>